Hi, I'm Steve Lance, your host of the Capitol Report on NTD News. If you have not done so yet, please hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with all of the latest news coming out of the nation's capital and beyond. Lawmakers are reacting to President Biden's visit to Ukraine and NATO allies in Europe. Joining us next to discuss this issue, we're happy to have Congressman Mike Lawler of New York. Congressman Mike Lawler, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Congressman, what do you think some of the uh, key objectives of President Biden's visit to Ukraine were? And ultimately, when all is said and done, do you think he will have achieved those? Look, I, I think it was important for the president uh, to visit, frankly. Um, I think, you know, given the, the fact that we are approaching the one year anniversary of the Russian invasion, I think it was important to continue to show uh, Vladimir Putin that we are united in our support uh, of Ukraine and in opposition uh, to his invasion uh, into their their country and, and violating their sovereignty. Um, I think it is critically important uh, that Vladimir Putin not be successful uh, in this mission. Uh, if he is allowed uh, to succeed, uh, he will not stop there. And as I've said many times, you know, my wife is from Moldova, uh, a former Soviet satellite country uh, neighboring Ukraine. Uh, and I am confident that if he succeeds in Ukraine, he will go into Moldova and other former Soviet satellite countries. And so it is important uh, that we speak with one voice, that uh, the United States and our allies uh, around the world uh, continue to oppose Russia uh, and, and provide Ukraine with the support that they need uh, militarily and financially to win this war. Um, and I think it also obviously has a very direct impact on China uh, and, you know, what uh, uh, President Xi uh, would do with respect to Taiwan uh, if Russia is to succeed here. Of course, we raise a lot of uh, very important points there. So I guess I'm curious, what do you think uh, Putin's reaction will be to this trip, if anything? And are you concerned about, you just mentioned China, the risk of, uh, you know, kind of pushing China and Russia closer together and creating a, a stronger alliance there? Well, I think obviously yesterday we heard the, the delusional rantings of a madman uh, in Vladimir Putin. Uh, in, in response to President Biden's trip, um, you know, pulling out of a uh, nuclear arms treaty, uh, I think obviously uh, is a very poor decision on his part, but uh, not surprising. I think it's just one more example of the irrational behavior that we've seen uh, by Putin over the last year uh, plus. So, um, you know, I think we need to continue to be firm and resolute uh, in dealing with Russia, uh, and including uh, looking at increasing sanctions. You know, in terms of China, uh, you know, look, they, they are our greatest geopolitical foe. And I think they uh, have long been in cahoots with Russia. Uh, and you look at, you know, Iran and, and North Korea, uh, and in many respects, that is uh, the new axis of evil. And so I think uh, we need to uh, ensure uh, that the actions that we are taking uh, continue to put the United States uh, in a strong uh, position economically, militarily, and from a national security perspective, and that we are holding 
these bad actors accountable uh, for what they are doing uh, around the world to, uh, frankly, undermine uh, democracy and freedom uh, across the globe. Congressman, with regard to the uh, one-year anniversary of the war in Ukraine, what has been the impact on the civilian population in Ukraine, particularly in the areas di directly affected by the fighting? You know, we've seen, obviously, uh, over the course of the year, uh, photographs and, and videos of uh, the direct impact and damage uh, that has been done, not only to, to their country, uh, when you look at you know, obviously the, the toll uh, on buildings and property, but uh, the human toll and the tragedy uh, that has ensued and, and uh, the countless people who have lost their lives, who have been forced to flee uh, from their homeland uh, to other parts of, of the region. You know, I, I think it is really unconscionable uh, what Vladimir Putin has done here. Uh, and I think the, the sooner Ukraine uh, can, can beat this back, uh, the better off everyone will be, uh, including the United States. And so I think uh, we need to, as Chairman McCall has called for, we need to ramp up uh, our aid uh, militarily and, and give them, uh, Ukraine, the weapons that they need uh, to win this war expeditiously. Uh, and and really uh, ensure that Vladimir Putin's defeat is is permanent. Congressman Mike Lawler, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. And speaking of pandemics, the House Oversight Committee is in the midst of investigating the origins of the COVID-19 virus. Congressman Brad Wenstrup is the chairman of the Select Subcommittee on the Coronavirus Pandemic. And we're happy to have him joining us to discuss the investigation and what they are seeking. Congressman Brad Wenstrup, thank you so much for joining us. Glad to be with you, thank you. Congressman, if I could just ask you, what is the uh, House Oversight Committee and the Subcommittee on the Coronavirus Pandemic investigating regarding uh, the origins of the COVID-19 virus? Yeah, so specifically with the origins, although we're investigating every aspect of the, the pandemic itself, the economy, and, and the effects on our children and education, but specifically to the origins. We feel it's important to understand the evolution of, of if really any deadly virus that may emerge across the globe or within our country. And the more we know, then um, whether it's lab or whether it's natural, the more we know about it, the greater ability we would have to protect ourselves in the future. And really for this committee, what our goals really entail in a nutshell is that we're going to do an after action review and look at everything that took place during this pandemic and see what lessons we've learned, what then uh, really come up with what the best path forward will be going forward so that we can have preparedness and readiness. I, I like to say we're looking at four P's down the road, hopefully that can be a benefit to, to America and that's to be able to predict, to prepare, to protect and, and to prevent if we can. Uh, any future pandemic or epidemic, uh, especially involving a virus like we saw with COVID. Congressman, does the evidence point to gain-of-function research being conducted prior to uh, the outbreak? And what are the scientific and ethical implications of this taking place? And I guess a follow-up to that, is the House of Representatives doing anything to pursue uh, that specifically? 
Yeah, I can tell you, you know, I sit on the Intelligence Committee as well. And so the last couple of years, I've been looking into a lot of this, especially as a physician sitting on the Intelligence Committee. But, you know, we go back to even 2005 and, and you see things where our State Department has said that China is working on uh, bioweapons and so on in a bioweapons lab. So we have concern. But you can go back to 2012 where Dr. Fauci in an interview was talking about gain of function type of research. And in that, he felt that the benefits of it outweighed the risk. I guess his theory was that if we can create a, a super infectious virus and cure it, then there's nothing we can't cure. And he was even asked at that time, is there a risk to something like this getting out of the lab? And he said, well, I think the benefits outweigh the risk and the risk is really small. Uh, so we have a lot of concerns. And we also know in 2015, that uh, Dr. Ralph Barrick in North Carolina was working with Dr. Xi Zhengli over at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, and they were able to create what's called a chimera, which is essentially what gain-of-function research is, where you take components of two different viruses, put them together, and <clears throat> create a virus that may be more infectious. So the capability has been there, and it's been both present in the United States and in China. And so you see an outbreak coming from Wuhan. So certainly the concern is there. Um, and like I said, you know, whether something comes from nature or comes from the lab intentionally or accidentally, we would like to know the evolution of that so that we can do better in the future and be more prepared and able to take something on in a more professional manner than maybe we have been able to in the past because our knowledge would be greater. Congressman, lastly, I'd just like to ask you, you offer a rare, um insight into both you know being a medical doctor and a veteran when it comes to all things coronavirus really um, but specifically with regard to vaccines how concerning mm -hmm. are some of the questions that have been uh, starting to surface in terms of the side effects well we are concerned about that and how are we collecting data and actually reporting on it you know the vaccines were initially there for emergency use authorization and I felt that the highest risk people, and we did understand somewhat who the high risk populations were and the comorbidities that might exist, but what are some of the adverse effects and are we collecting the data accurately? You know, one of the problems that I see that in the way that we've gone forward is we've broken the doctor-patient relationship. If you just look at the mandates, for example, the mandate says from a politician that you must get this shot or you're gonna lose your job. Well, that's, that's not a good alternative for people, and there's no doctor involved with this conversation. And people should have the ability to sit down with their doctor who would understand um, what their personal health is like, what kind of antibody levels do they have, and T-cell levels do they have that may be giving them more immunity. And in some cases, it may be people that had natural immunity from having COVID and recovered from it, they may be more immune than someone who's been vaccinated. So these are all conversations that should take place within the doctor's office and, and back it up with science but before you make a recommendation whether someone gets the vaccine or not. And like any other drug, you have to start talking, you have to talk about the potential side effects of it. That's, that's been the standard in medicine and it should be the same with the vaccines. Ohio Congressman Brad Wenstrup, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. I just want to thank everybody for listening to this episode. If you enjoy our content, please leave us a rating and a review as it really goes a long way in helping us spread the truth. Until next time, I'm your host, Steve Lance at NTD, and we'll see you soon.